check let's one, go we're here oh hi hi <laughs> we just had a delicious dinner ramen ramen because the temperature went below 80 degrees in miami so we decided for hot soup yeah it was it was just it was meant to be we needed hot soup we manifested it for sure <laughs> and it hit every like delicious button and when i went out to get it i was like oh it's it's not cold out but there's <laughs> a crisp light breeze yes it feels amazing the thing breaking is breaking through the humidity <laughs> well that's the thing there's no humidity so it feels right. colder than it is but right. yeah so that's where we're at in miami well we're we're our soup dinner ramen was inspired by also your birthday oh yes which just happened yesterday so we were like you know what's my meal what's my birthday meal i was like what do you want sushi and because remember, if you're a pod listener, you know, that's like your celebratory meal. Yes. Remember we talked about that? We did. So I was like, do you want sushi? Like, what do you want? And before anyone starts yelling at me, I was going to get cooked sushi. I'm going to get raw. I still <sighs> think you could. She's like almost cooked. Yeah. Right? No, no. Like, she's cooked. to cook? No, she is cooked. Okay. Fully. Okay. Like everything is cooked. Right. Now she just gains weight. So, oh. I'm 32 weeks. So who wouldn't want to eat some sushi to gain some weight? It's like a bacteria <laughs> thing. Oh, you know? got it. Okay. Okay. This is my dumb ass. <laughs> that's never been pregnant. No, it's fine. I mean, a lot well, of women lot. eat I've sushi. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great. Again, <laughs> if you've <laughs> listened to the pod, it's been, it's been fun. I almost forget what we talk about. Um, yeah. So ramen was like if it's cold out i want to eat ramen yeah so thank you for that lovely birthday meal i love ramen yeah do you um so speaking of birthdays mm -hmm. i'm like i had a i think i told you and i don't know if i said it on the podcast um i had a little like birthday lull mm -hmm. like coming up to the birthday not about aging like i don't give a fuck about aging more just like reflecting and like Am I where what am I where I want to be? You know, mm -hmm. like those kind of like existential mm -hmm. life questions that sort of pop up annually for me. Um, but then yesterday, as I was like living the day, I was like, no, I feel pretty good about my birthday. I feel yeah. content and yeah, feel fine about it. But do you have like a favorite birthday? You know, I usually like hate birthdays. Like I, I don't want to be like when I was people like, hey, hate him. I actually have a reason. Okay. Growing up, my birthday is June 21st. So nobody could ever come to my birthday parties. Because you were out of school? It was out of school. It's in the middle of the summer, June 21st. Like everybody was on vacation. I mean, as a kid, like it was just always sad. Like yeah. nobody could come. My birthdays would be so shitty. My parents would try so hard to like make them good. They would always be a pool party. <laughs> like five people would come, you know? <laughs> And I just remember, like, as a kid, just, like, always going to these really fun, like, big birthday parties. And it wasn't about, like, having a lot of people there or anything. It was just, like, it, w it was more like just having all my friends there. And so a lot of times, like, my friends couldn't come to my birthday party. So sad. So sad. But it's really, honestly, like, it's not that big of a deal. But, um... And then, like, you know, as I got older, just same deal. Like, it's in the summer. It's tricky. Even in college, a lot of people went home. Like, it was just a weird, you know, smaller. It was always small celebration. So, um, when I turned 30, it was a rager. Oh, amazing. And it wasn't even, like, on purpose. Like, m Ruth and my friend Stephanie jumped out of my closet. They, like, flew down here, surprised me. They were hiding in my closet. I went upstairs. They literally jumped out of my closet. I'm like... 
was so shocked. We had I a love that. huge party at this house. It was bananas. It was a wild party. And then I think I, we all fell asleep. Like five people were in my room. <laughs> like on a blow-up mattress, like on the floor, in the bed. Did you have to sleep horizontally? Yeah, I've like there was before. people in our guest bedroom. Like, I mean, it was, there were people everywhere. And it was before it was Charlie's room. And like, I think we slept with the front door open, wide open. <laughs> Which <laughs> Was the music still on when you woke up? I mean, there were people everywhere. There were people on the couch. Yeah, the, the TV was, the, all the lights were on. Like, I don't even know. I remember waking up being like, what happened? But it was really fun. And the whole week we celebrated. And like, I, Aubrey, the instructor, Aubrey, I just dragged her along for the whole celebration. We like went out to lunch, like drank at lunch one day. Like we, it was like not even on my actual birthday. It was just like this insane. And it, I think it was so fun because none of it was planned. Yeah. The party, I just, it wasn't even like, it was still like that 20 year old party going into thirties where I just bought a bunch of like random shit from Trader Joe's mossy, like helped me cook it. And like, I bought so much alcohol. Yeah. And that was it. Like it wasn't like classy at all. Right. It was you didn't a even trash think about pile it. Yeah. of a party and just more and more people kept coming in. It just was like so fun for no reason. No, just, for amazing reason. It That's- was really wild and like unexpected. We did like, and then we'd go out and like, you know, during the week, we it just was like a crazy week. We had a thing where everybody dressed in pink for my Love birthday ride. Okay. And it was like, like a lot of just random shit like that. It was super fun. That's what a good about birthday you? to go crazy on. Yeah. Um, 30 was fun. That was good. My one, I just, I don't know why, but I, <laughs> when I was growing up, I had a birthday party at this place called Uncle, Uncle Bobby's Bagels. <laughs> I... <laughs> do want to go there (laughs) it was amazing it was like on the second floor um i think it was like probably like a converted mcdonald's but we had an amazing time but then more like of a more vivid birthday party that i remember was my golden birthday which is 20 on 20 so i was in college and i had an apartment and we just like got a bunch of kegs um we made t-shirts that said maria's 20 on 20 everybody wore them it was just like my friends still text me about that. Like, mm-hmm. I still remember 20 on 20. So I don't remember a lot of details for obvious reasons. I think I got way too drunk on Jägermeister. Um, and a, a fight definitely broke out. It was just a good time. It was a good, like, house college party. So mm-hmm. I was totally into that. And that's, like, the big... I mean, I can't say that I peaked at 20 because I feel like I'm, I'm doing good at the moment. <laughs> um, but my parties have been... I'm still into, like, throwing birthday parties. Yeah. I love like last year I threw a nice birthday party tomorrow. I'm having a birthday party for myself. I also like don't understand the people that expect other people to throw them birthday parties. Like, I'm like, why don't you just do it for yourself? Like not to call anybody out. Cause I don't even think they listen to this podcast, but like he didn't do anything for my birthday. I'm like, why didn't you just do it for yourself? Yeah. I would never expect my husband to plan a birthday party for me. <laughs> also, I'm not sure I want to attend the party that he would plan. <laughs> so like, it's amazing. Like it's, I want to plan my birthday party. Yeah. Cause then I'll get all the fun things that I want. I, um, I <clears throat> went, well, not me personally. There was this like phase when I lived in New York where it was like the birthdays had to be like ridiculous for all our friends. I don't know what the hell we were going through. <laughs> And they just got bigger and bigger and more ridiculous as the time went on. Like, it was just insanity. And finally, I, like, looked at second, like, enough 
with the fucking birthdays. <laughs> I'm like, this is insanity. Like yeah. we're throwing these like epic ragers, like going out to these ridiculous dinners. I'm like, guys, this is just enough is enough. It's just the birthday. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. It like takes the fun out of it. Cause then it's like, everything has to be upping and bigger. Yeah. And, right. Oh, so-and-so didn't do this for my birthday. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, I do believe in like, you get a day. Yeah, yeah. I don't and believe in the people that like it's my birthday month, it's my birthday week. It's no, no, no. You get a day. I feel like after like COVID and everything, everybody kind of threw like a big birthday. Yeah, for that one back, but I did too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, which was fun. That was a good birthday. That was fun. Yeah, went out dancing. That was fun. Yeah. Um, that, and that, that was like coming out of like being in the mom hole too for a while. Was, right. Like, my first like night out. Um, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this whole surprises and stuff. Like, I'm not trying to do all that. I just, I get it if, like, you really have had some shitty birthdays and you want to, like, have a good one. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. But if, like, every year it just has to be this, like, ridiculous. No, at this point it's just, like, a good excuse to get people together. Yeah, yeah. And I love a house party. Uh, that's A I house party is for house party. chef's kiss. I mean, people are like, what are you wearing tomorrow? I'm like, I'm going to wear a birthday dress, but no shoes. Yeah, I love because that. Because it's my backyard. Great. I don't want to wear any shoes. I want to be able to dance and you my have ass turf. off and I have AstroTurf so it does make it a lot you easier. You don't need shoes. Yeah. So I had a great day yesterday just to catch you up and um, and then today, I don't know if you feel this, but then I got melancholy mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's because I had like such a nice day and then you obviously kind of have to come down a little bit from that high but I also like think a lot about on the day, I don't think a ton about my dad because I have a lot of distractions around me. Mm -hmm. Um He's obviously on my mind, but I'm not like in this melancholy state. But then when I come down from it, like today, I was just like very much like he was very much like in my space and just the reality that, you know, he's not here to see to see life. And one of my good friends sent me this podcast, which we had a couple of episodes ago, talked about like the podcast we're listening to and TV shows we're watching. And Anderson Cooper has a great new podcast out. Mm -hmm. I forget what it's called, but it's about grief. Um, and he's like gone through a lot of loss in his life. And he interviews some people that have also experienced loss, whether it's parents, siblings, um, friends, sisters, you know, brothers, whatever. And it's very powerful. I highly recommend it. Maybe even if you haven't lost anybody, I think what's funny and what they say is a common theme throughout the podcast is like, how universal of a feeling everyone's going to experience grief in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. We can't escape it, but how isolating and lonely it feels when you're actually going through it, even though everybody at some point has or will go through it. And that's exactly sort of how I felt. I always felt like lonely. I always felt like, yeah, I'm just like one, I'm a different person after my dad passed, but I was like, I don't know. I just, I highly recommend the podcast so if anybody's like struggling with grief anderson cooper on spotify he'll pop up but it was like really like so i kind of just like went down that hole today and i was like i listened to like six episodes back to back to back and do you ever do that where you're sad and so you just want to like stay sad and do things that make you sad no no <laughs> we talked about this last time <laughs> I know plenty of people that do that. Yeah, I know like, a and lot not, of people that do and that. And it's not wallowing. It's just, and I can't even say it's validation, but it no, was, no, no. it's very it, comforting. I, I guess. Well, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. 
I basically know a lot of people that do that. And I, I think it makes total sense. Yeah. Like when you're there, you're like, let me live in this. And yeah. I think it's very healthy. When I'm in a bad place, I'm like trying to swim up to the light always. Okay. So and it's not probably not the healthiest thing to do, but, but like, like I sense, feel like, like I'm drowning and like, I have to like try to get back to the like surface. resisting, like whatever it is you're feeling. So if I'm sad, I cannot watch that stuff. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm depressed, there's no depression shows. If I'm like really anxious, yeah, there the, it's friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like okay. I am like, holy moly because what it does is I just spiral 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 and then I'm in a hole I can't get out of well how I knew that I was like kind of in this state is like this morning I woke up with a lot of anxiety and that's usually when I know like I'm starting to like my feelings are coming up so to speak because like I don't know how to feel feelings we've spoken about that too and so I get like highly anxious I get super irritable and very like mean to my dogs which isn't nice but like you know like I'm very short-tempered when I'm anxious and so I kind of knew like from the start of my day today that it was going to feel different than yesterday and I knew it was surrounded because I didn't really have a chance to think about my dad yesterday and I knew today I would and so I decided just to sit in it and listen to this podcast because like it was comforting in the sense I knew other people while I was listening were going through similar things than I was and that actually has calmed my anxiety. No, I think that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. I don't, I mean, with grief, I think it's the, it's different. Um, I think obviously like, you know, when you're grieving something, that's a totally different thing. I will definitely dig in, especially if I'm really sad, like I need to sit with that and like process that and be in that moment. Um, I mean, shocker, we're going to talk about anxiety today Um, because it's like reared its head viciously in my life uh, the past few days. Um, And so for me right now, the way that I'm trying to handle it is deflecting, which is like really difficult because the the uh some of the things that I was taught by my therapist aren't working my tools Mm -hmm. obviously I'm pregnant everybody knows this so like I can't be popping a Xanax but if I'm gonna be honest that's what I would be doing right now yeah this anxiety was this bad without being pregnant or like breastfeeding and the last time I felt anxiety like this was postpartum okay after I had Charlie. And like what, like, cause I know like when I feel anxiety, like when I woke up this morning and even like, even like before my birthday, like the lull I was speaking about, I know I'm feeling anxious because I'll smoke more pot than usual and I'll smoke yeah. it for a different reason. Like I'll smoke it to calm my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like there's an actual purpose as opposed to just having fun. Um, but like, I feel like my brain and for the record, right? Like I don't take medication and I've never been clinically diagnosed with anxiety. I'm just mm-hmm. talking very general about feeling anxious like and how I deal with it yeah I know plenty of people who have been diagnosed with actual anxiety and take medication mm-hmm. and I can't speak to that I'm not trying to um, but for me like the anxiety is like my brain is moving a million times faster than my actual physical body yeah and I just can't catch up to it yeah so for the sake of being vulnerable yeah. I've been dealing with anxiety my whole life I started seeing a therapist when I was in high school because I had panic attacks so bad that I almost failed freshman year of high school. I don't really know exactly what triggered them specifically, 
I've always been anxious, nervous, <clears throat> but my when my brother was diagnosed with leukemia, it sent me into a place of like we just had to put on a good face of being strong and like that triggered a bunch of other things in me that just went to paranoia. So in my life, I've been clinically diagnosed with severe anxiety. Um, I was prescribed medication for a while that I ended up taking and stopping and trying something else and stopping. And ultimately for me, it was not a good daily thing. Um, And this was a long time ago. So like medicine is different today. But uh, movement was a huge factor in in helping my anxiety. So was breath work. Um, a bunch of exercises, like there's a color exercise, there's a writing exercise, there's a bunch of techniques that I learned work well for me, and also Xanax mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I need it. Yeah. I do not use Xanax a lot at all because I also don't like the way it makes that makes me feel. Um, but sometimes I have to take it, and when I do have it, just knowing that I have it sometimes is enough to yeah. like ease the the anxiety part um what i like to do is also take like valerian root um more like homeopathic Mm -hmm. stuff yeah and valerian root really does work if you take it and like drink a tea and take the a pill you got to take a higher dose of it it's like all natural so i've been dealing with it my whole life it's definitely rears its head here and there but the worst it's been since i was a child was after I had Charlie, which was obviously hormonally driven. Then I was diagnosed again with what's called postpartum anxiety and postpartum paranoia. Okay. Which are hand in hand. A lot of women you hear about postpartum depression. Mine was not like baby blues. Mine was, or being sad. Mine was a legit fear of the worst case scenario of something happening all the time. And then my mind will spiral and then that scenario, as r- like crazy awful as it is, will go 10 times worse. And then I live in the moment so much that it has become almost real to my emotions. And then I feel it sitting inside my body. And then I, I feel like I've gone through it in a, in a small, not fully, but like yeah. in a way. So my therapist is like, that's why it's so hard for you to like pull yourself out because you're actually feeling the emotion of like what that scenario is based on. Right. And so I, for me again, like it was a game changer when I stopped breastfeeding and like pumping because my hormones regulated and then I was able to feel like myself again. So I'm like obviously really afraid that that's going to happen again because I am planning hopefully on breastfeeding baby number two. Yeah. Um, I think there were a lot of like pieces to it. The NICU, which like one day we can, yeah, we need to talk about, talk about my that. birth experience because it was traumatic as hell. Yeah. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about V-backs and, and C-backs. And, um, In a positive way? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> it, this podcast, is, side note, it's not just for V-backs. It's for women advocating for a healthy, happy birth for their mental sanity, their babies, and just advocating for themselves in general. Because the truth is, it's like, when I go into birth a child, it's my story. It's not the doctors. They're going to birth like five to 10 people a day, maybe even, right. I don't know. And so sometimes they will remember births, but most of the time 
it, yes. that's their job. Yeah. You know, but when right. You're just, but a I'm number. the one who has to carry the story with me forever. Totally. So, um, anyway, so I'm rambling on about this, no. but basically the first trimester of this pregnancy, I felt some really dark, like paranoia coming back and it went away, subsided in the second trimester. And then I've been pretty like mentally like good. And then two nights ago, it reared its head. Like we're talking, I'm talking like I've never felt anything like it. And if anybody has ever felt like this, like I, my heart goes out to you. It was a switch. Did Just it, yeah. And flick. you can't pinpoint like no. what started it. No. Like, was there a conversation you had with somebody? Like, Mm-mm. nothing. Okay. No, it, usually it's like, I'll go back and replay something and imagine it going another way. Okay. And then that freaks me the hell out because, oh, was I safe with this? Or, you know, it's always Charlie-based or right. chill around my children um, or husband, like around something to do with pregnancy or him. And then it triggers, like, I mean... I could never even tell people the things that go through my head because yeah. I would be committed. Well, I doubt things. that. No, but I, I understand. No, I under- <laughs> like, but yeah, but you're not, com- you're not doing these things. These are just like the thoughts that are popping up and yeah. this is part of it. This is like the symptom. But of even anxiety. like that, what you just said just made my skin crawl. What? Like that you don't do it because it's, or like that the scenario doesn't happen. Cause right. now I want to knock on wood. Right. And I'm like, Ugh, but like, what you know oh my god like what if like what forever it was a staircase thing Mm -hmm. like that was one that threw me into this postpartum like paranoia because you had a lot of fear around we have a lot of stairs in my yes in my house in my townhouse there's a lot of stairs in my parents house in the keys and there's cement and like just not even just charlie falling yeah anybody falling down those stairs yeah you know and like that just sent me into this like ridiculous then i start living out the whole scenario okay, then we got to go to the hospital. We got blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, that's where the paranoia piece comes in. And then that spirals into seven other things of like, and now I see my whole life with this forever something that, like, and then that spirals. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's like oh a my whole God. like sliding doors. Oh my God. Yes. And your brain, it's like, I want to just scream at myself and say, stop. And so what, can you share any of the tips or the tools that the therapist like, yeah. told you so um the therapist that I was talking to for a while she she was fine with medication but she also was very into like practicing um things so one of the things that she did that really did was a breakthrough moment for me was that I'm an anxi- anxiety ridden person I have an anxious mind it's never going to change right is it like just we have to accept that yes okay. so if you're anxious we're never going to cure that anxiety. Right. There's no pill for it. Even if we took something daily, we're still anxious people. So if anyone else is anxious out there, it, I don't know if that's relieving to hear, but for me it was, cause it's like, this is who I am. Yes. There's, I'm not trying to fix this. Yes. It, it, I have it's, to learn. Yeah. And my core or like what I go back to always is, and we talked about this on the grief episode, right? Like it's so liberating just to be like, I'm just going to be sad. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not fighting the sadness anymore. You're not fighting the anxiety anymore. We're just learning to accept ourselves that I live with anxiety. I live with right. this sadness now. And now how do we live around it or with it? Or like, yeah. how can we use it? Not so corny and cliche, but like as your superpower, so to speak, or like, how can we yeah, like make I, this make us better in a way? And it it's so crazy because that was like relieving for me to hear. I'm an anxious person. 
It's never going to change. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to like make the anxiety go away because it's not, this is just not going to happen. So, um, if there are times when the paranoia comes up like that kind of anxiety, her advice was to not try to outthink the thought. Okay. Or like distract the thought with something else. It was to let the thought come to you as horrid as it is, acknowledge it's a thought and a fear, and then let it pass. And so you're training your anxious brain to like not live in the paranoia, Mm -hmm. but to say, I recognize it. It's not real. I can, I'm strong and time to like, okay, let that thought go. So the new one could come in. Yeah. So then you can like get on with your life. Right. Um, and it does work sometimes and then, you know, but it it is like, you really got to like sit and, you know, sometimes that means writing it down. I was going to say, do you like journal or do you like, yeah, write the stuff down so you can like visualize it and yeah personally for me I have a really hard time journaling Mm -hmm. because I don't like to write this stuff down because then I want to like burn it you know um but But could that be helpful maybe in like a symbolism way I don't know I'm maybe it's like I just don't want the things on paper and like I'm not like a great writer so it would it probably come out like just like a jumbled like words or something Mm -hmm. I don't know but um so I'm like trying to figure out, to be honest with you, some coping mechanisms. I'm like trying to just do some breath work and mm-hmm. um, I'm not really great at meditating, but just finding a time to breathe and what I, I think my coping mechanism that is not healthy is when I'm anxious, I try to turn on something that distracts my brain. Right. Because it works. Right. But then those thoughts are going to still be there when but it But it's the same away. conversation you always have with me. About like right. me feeling my feelings. And right. you're like, it's good that you should feel your feelings. Whereas yeah. my inclination is to not feel my feelings and to do something to distract myself from doing that. So the, the only problem with my anxiety is when I really sit in it and like deal with it, it will send me into a physical like anxiety you, attack. Yeah, you feel it. And those, if you've had them, they're just so awful. Yeah. You feel like you're dying. Like in I, your, do you feel it in your chest? I always feel like, uh, like, my, like heart is like beating and I can't breathe and feel like my skin is crawling at like, like I feel like my skin is itching. Like I want to itch out of my skin and yeah. I just, it is just like the, and anybody again who has anxiety is just going to be hopefully finding some sort of relief to hear someone else talk about it this way because yeah. it's just so crippling. It's so fucking crippling. Yeah. And and it's like well what's it, going it, on in your head is it's just so it's like I didn't even know my brain could move this fast and a lot of times I think that people feel like maybe I'm like dismissing them or not listening or be or putting up something and it's like behind my eyes it looks like something is going on and it's like because there is and I'm not not listening or paying attention it's that my brain is going at a speed and this is not all the time, but like when I'm in my anxiety driven moments, mm-hmm. it is just brutal. Yeah. And I will say this too, for me, it's very hormonally driven. makes a lot of sense that when my brother was sick, I was also like going through puberty. Mm-hmm. My body was crazy out of whack, you know, Yeah, happened after postpartum. So question and I don't, devil's advocate, so to speak, but you have, intentions of breastfeeding the same way you did Charlie 
Mm-hmm. But if you feel like you, if you felt the same way that you felt with Charlie, like the postpartum anxiety yeah. heightened itself, would you stop breastfeeding? Yeah. Because I don't think, I think it's more important to be mentally stable yeah. for your children than to be in it in the place that I was in. Yeah. And I did it for four months and I felt so guilty because I had a wonderful supply I overproduced, so he got milk for like five months. But um, could you have saved that milk for this baby? I would have had to deep it? freeze it. Oh, uh, okay. I don't have a deep freezer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, oh god, there's like so much pressure on like whatever. It's but, so much. But I don't give a shit what anyone yeah. thinks about well, me. Well, that's what I was. I was hoping um, that you would choose yourself in that scenario. So I'm, I'm happy I'm, with your answer, even though there's this is a no judgment zone. I would have. Whatever you want to do, you yeah. do. But I was a better mother when I stopped. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of the first four months of his childhood because I was a disaster. Yeah. And that makes me sad. And I don't want to do that again. I also need to be present for him and her. Yeah. Um, and so if any mother is out there too and is struggling and breastfeeding and even if you have a good supply does not matter if you're not mentally present for your child right that a a child needs their their parents to be whoever you are whatever it capacity to be mentally okay so if that means you need to step away go exercise a couple hours a day or like go back to work or not or whatever you have to do to be mentally like present for your child that's more important the best version of yourself yeah, yeah totally then you know, in my opinion, choosing to breastfeed. I felt like when I was experiencing the first time I f- like felt like a debilitating level of anxiety after my dad, like a few months after my dad passed, I just remember like things that I could concentrate on. I could no longer concentrate on like the simplest of tasks, work tasks. Like I just was not a functioning and I'm, I would classify myself as like highly functioning in that regard. Like I'm a super efficient worker. I could, what somebody could take eight hours to do, I could do them for. Like if I'm highly focused and I am a pretty like naturally focused person and this was like making stupid mistakes, you know, like forgetting stuff, becoming very socially, you know, anxious too. like going out for me was problematic. Mm-hmm. I never, I didn't feel comfortable even around like you guys, my closest friends. Mm-hmm. I just felt like out of my body and just not myself. So I knew like that was the first time that I felt like this is not a helpful level. There's a like a positive level of anxiety. I think that like could fuel you and motivate you and like drive you to do bigger, better things. But this was just like, I was just incapable of doing basic functions. Yeah. And it, it was very challenging and very upsetting. Yeah. And it's, it's like, um, it's also weird because when you, are having the real like anxiety that you're talking about and that I'm speaking of. And, and it's like in the, like right now I'm living in it. It's so awful. And I cannot wait to get out of this weird place that I'm in mentally. Then when I'm out of it, I'm like, you almost forget how bad it was. Like you're like, Oh, I, you know, you black coping tools and blah, blah. You kind of black it out a little bit. Now that I'm coming up on delivering baby two. I'm trying, I really need to like separate. It's not going to be the same. 
I'm not going to feel the same way after, but my God, if I am not so terrified of feeling that same darkness and paranoia and fear, that was just so, the words are crippling. Does it help to say things like that out loud? Like almost like an affirmation? I mean, I'm like really hoping this episode is going to help me feel a little better because sometimes speaking about, and I've talked about it, I'm very open about my anxiety because again, like with depression, anxiety or any mental issues um it's always like you know like the generation we grew up in I think it's transitioning to be safer and like to speak about and like it's yes for me it's like we've said this before if you could talk about stuff like you take the shame away from from anything like Mm -hmm. for me shame I think is just like the worst fucking feeling emotion whatever like that, that you could attach to something so the more we talk about anything and everything that like you feel secretive about or like I just, I really dislike shame and I just think that's such an awful place to be. And I know a lot of people that have a lot of shame about stupid fucking shit, but like, yeah, yeah, the more that we could talk about this stuff, I think think the better, hopefully we all feel, but yeah. And I agree. Like, I mean, I remember when I was younger, it was like, even just like still kind of hush hush, like you have anxiety. Yeah. So I don't even think I knew that when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Like when I was going to my therapy, like we didn't want to, we had to like, pull my teachers aside it was like a secret because I would I had a panic attack in one of my classrooms and I like I like was like about to pass out like it was this I had to go to the doctor I mean you know it was really like a it's a physical thing and whatever it was so embarrassing my god because I didn't even know what the hell was happening to my body again because like at that time no one talked about this shit so here we are we're talking about it yes I have it no shame it is what it is how I'm biologically made up I don't there's nothing I could do or not undo. Um, and it would have been triggered by, it's not, you don't need a big traumatic event. Like just because my brother was sick, like doesn't right. mean I wasn't always an anxious person. I'm sure I could pull up like other anxiety ridden times in my life. That just was like the most memorable, like triggering time and being like going into puberty. Like I said, I think mine is very hormonally driven, but yeah, I think the more that I, we talk about it and we're open about it and movement is huge for me. Yeah. Huge. And while I am still exercising, it's not the same because yeah. I can't exercise the same way as I normally do. Yeah. That's um, a whole nother conversation of yeah. like being just nicer to yourself. Yeah. And like, yeah. I really like to physically exhaust myself when I feel like this, like to a point where it's hard to think. Yeah. And that's not necessarily healthy either (laughs) um and so that tool has been taken from me as well um but and listen it's like it's very normal that I'm having anxiety in my third trimester and that these things are flaring up and I'm feeling out of whack with my system um and I think those are like normal for especially for moms postpartum anxiety postpartum paranoia postpartum anything is very normal yeah I mean I think like we should probably do a whole episode of just about like the fourth trimester in general yeah and I think like yeah to talk oh about God. that uh, I did I'm not a big meditation person either but during the height of what I was going through and during like my whole healing process and I there's an app called insight timer they have great guided meditations mm-hmm. they also have like little meditations that you could create yourself and I just made it a point every morning to have the same morning routine, which helped me, which was like wake up, 
walk and feed my dogs and like take them for a really nice walk, listen to a podcast. Um, and then I would come home and for five minutes, it would be definitely under 10 because I can't sit for that long, but it was always, I really like a man with an accent. And so (laughs) it was like a man with an accent doing a nice guided meditation and just me like sitting in my backyard for five minutes. And yeah, you know, I talk, obviously everything I do in yoga, all of my cueing is breath based, but it really does like help to quiet down the mind, right? We're never going to like, like you said, I'm going to accept that I'm an anxious person. I'm going to have these anxious feelings. Same with meditation. Like we're never going to stop thinking that's impossible, but can we just like quiet it down? Just like turn the volume down just a tad by just breathing in and breathing out and letting that be the focus. So Mm -hmm. for five to seven minutes every morning, I think I hit like a hundred days and at some point I just like stopped and then just never picked it back up again. But I felt like that for me really helped set like really like the intention for the whole day. So if you could create like a good morning routine for yourself where you allot a few minutes, I'm not necessarily saying for you, but in general that could help. No, that's great advice. And I also, um, I too use a app. I can't think of the name of it right now. I'm going to try to find it while we're here but um anyway they do it's it's like a sound machine app but there's like you know a guy also with an accent yeah (laughs) guys with accents very common a better sleep okay so and this is the app so like there's like a sound machine whatever they're always trying to sell me something (laughs) um and they have meditations it's always like a british guy yeah that's what i need a british australian man just talking to me and they do like um you know five minute to sleep or Sorry, as I'm yawning, I'm literally yawning because this app came up. Did you see that? That's like such a Freudian like thing, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, like I'm looking on here, it's like, whatever, these things and it, and it just will play for five minutes and then go off or like turn into the sound machine or whatever. And that it helps me because again, I can lay in bed and watch something and get sleepy and my eyes start closing. I'm falling asleep. A lot of times, though, that transition into sleep. And I'm, like, so exhausted right now. Like, yeah. I am so tired, like, waking up, peeing all night. I'm in that tough, again, state of pregnancy. So once I can get my body to sleep, usually, like, it goes to sleep. But it's that transition from, like, the sleepiness to the actual sleep where you're still my eyes it. pop open. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, it literally happened to me two nights ago. And Zach was like, what is going on? And, you know, he does understand anxiety. Yeah. He's had anxiety, too in a different way, but like enough to be like, he does understand and he knows. Yeah. It is like, I think the paranoia part is a little different for him. He doesn't have the paranoia piece of it, which like all anxiety is a little bit of paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. But, um, like the real extreme paranoia, I think is, is the harder part for him to understand, but he does understand that it's not like just close your eyes or shut it off. Yeah. You know, it made me more empathetic for sure. Like, without outing my husband, but he does have anxiety too. And he'll always like try to like tell me what it feels like. And then when I really experienced it and I was like, Oh fuck, he experiences this 24 seven. Yeah. Like that was like my mind exploded in that moment. Hopefully I become more empathetic. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not an empathetic person, but I'm trying to be. And I think that was like a big realization for me because 
it's exhausting to feel that level of anxiety. It really is debilitating. It does like fuck up like the way you make decisions, how you function. Like it's, it's a lot. And so even for me experiencing it for like six to eight months to the level I did, I was like, Oh fuck, you've been experiencing this your Mm -hmm. whole life. Every hour of every day, I have to stop giving you shit. (laughs) Right. I will say my heart goes out to anybody who has to deal with this like every single day. Yeah. Um, which is, it, it is sense it, why people like turn to drugs, turn to alcohol, yes. right? Like you just want to not feel stuff. And I know that because yeah. I always smoke pot when I, I know when I'm feeling super anxious is when I'm smoking pot a lot. And yeah. I don't like that either. <clears throat> um, so yeah. I, yeah, you have to be like super aware and find better, healthier habits, which is like the movement, the meditation, yeah, walks, talking, conversation. Therapy is the beautiful tool. Yes. And I say that as I... I stopped going to my therapist because I had scheduling conflicts. um, That is literally the only, and I started to feel better and I was like not feeling the pull to go to therapy every week. However, even for two days of, and I was the same way when I had postpartum, I was like, I need help. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say that. Like it's okay to say like, I need help. I need a support system. I'm not well. I looked at Zach multiple times. I was like, I am mentally not okay right now. And I'm feeling it in two days. I'm about to go find, probably can't find my same therapist because I probably just can't get her anymore. But I'm about to go online to the yeah. same thing and just be like, let me start now. Because like. Right. Get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. Yeah. Start talking to somebody again. And I did therapy, that talk space, that <coughs> yeah. therapy app for a whole year. Similar, like yeah. the, the one that I use is something similar through through work and whatever. But I, I want to, as we like wrap this up, I just want anybody to know who has anxiety that you can find tools to help you. You don't have to feel like this every day. Yeah. Um, it can be manageable and, and when you're in the worst place and I keep telling myself things I say out loud to my class and as crazy as it sounds like the soul cycle is my therapy too, but everything is temporary. You don't have to feel like this forever. Um, and it's okay to ask for help from your friends or family and just talk through it because when you are anxious, there is a relief to say I'm anxious and I'm not really doing well right now. Like Maria came over tonight. She's like, how are you? I'm like, I'm not really doing well. I'm like, happy birthday to you. Um, I'm really anxious. (laughs) Help me. But that's the conversations we have to have. You have to do that because in like, I tell everybody around me that I had a really hard time after Charlie. Like you were there. You saw it firsthand. You knew how bad it was. And like, I was really struggling. And like, I'm like kind of pre-warning everybody now. Like I might need help again, you know? And that's the things I think that have to change about. And I think they are changing. Yeah. But it's okay to, and also like, it's okay to take medicine too. If that is what you need. Like sometimes it really is a imbalance and a daily thing can help you. Yeah. And And that was, yeah, that was a great lesson for me to learn. I haven't been on the medicine, but for me just to learn to ask for help and to say like, yeah, I can't get out of this on my own. And maybe it's in, we don't always have to think like, oh, I'm prescribed medication. This forever. Right. It can just be to get you through a tough period until you learn some tools to cope and then you can figure out another way. I totally understand that because again, like, you know, it was like, I don't want to take medicine, but it's like, 
what do you want to be miserable every day or do you want to be happy yeah. or like try to get to a place where we're happy and like it's okay like we're all like made a little different and i just want everybody to know that no matter what you choose how you choose choose to deal with it like that's okay and and, and we're gonna get through it together yeah yeah well thank you for sharing all of yeah that. i mean sorry Love like you. i told maria i was like can we talk about anxiety today yeah <laughs> i'm glad we did yeah and i mean lord knows it comes in a, m- a million ways like grief obviously was something that pulled maybe an anxiety out in you that you never knew you had right so maybe you're listening to this and you're like i don't really think i've had anxiety but it could happen in the future right like something could it could be trigger season, it. it could just be like a season in your life exactly yeah 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 so, so anyway okay. well good i mean it's not like our most joy-filled episode <laughs> but i think it's definitely a worthwhile discussion and i hope we have more of them so yeah and you know how i am i'm always like a jokester like blah blah, blah. but the truth is is like this is who this is also a real part of who i am too and you know again like talking about it if at least for me always makes me feel like a little bit more normal and accepting it yeah yeah i like that so anxiety <laughs> if you have it gotta hate it <laughs> learn to love Fuck it. my life <laughs> that's a new song we're gonna debut uh, <laughs> the remix is gonna drop soon <laughs> anyway um hope you don't have anxiety because it's hopefully a hopefully we didn't give you anxiety <laughs> yeah. by listening you're to gonna this episode. end the episode and be like well great thanks ladies Pop now that i have it. <laughs> you assholes i love you um, i love you too thanks for listening <laughs> thank you and we'll talk to you soon soon next week <laughs> Thank you.